Have you ever taken the moment to consider the minute? The minute, 60 seconds that comprise a minute. There's tremendous significance in the minute. When your child asks you for a moment of of your time, how often did you or have you responded, just a minute? Or when your spouse calls from the kitchen asking for some help, in a minute. Maybe I might say it, just a second. But how often does it take me a second to stop what I'm doing to get there? A minute to stop and, and to direct my attention to where help has been called from. The minute. That's a mighty tool, a mighty thing that we've been given There's never enough minutes. Have you ever said that? Never enough because they seem to pass so quickly. They're brief enough, but add them together and they easily add up to an hour gone by. A day passed. A week. A month. A year. And we wonder, where did the time go? I remember hearing my dad say, when I was younger... Time just goes by so fast. And I'm thinking it's taking forever to get to. Remember that as you get older, then you start to to realize time really does go by fast, doesn't it? And you wonder, where has the time gone? By itself, a minute is is easily, can easily go by unnoticed. But multiply them and their value begins to grow. A popular song from the stage show and movie Rent poses the question, 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year? In daylights and sunsets and midnights and cups of coffee and inches and miles and laughter and strife, 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year in a life? So certainly as we have exited 2020 and enter 2021, there's been a collective sigh of relief. Amen? Around the world, a sigh of relief. Probably none the different from the year 2000 when we expected all the computers to shut down and lose all of our stuff. Remember that? The sigh of relief heard around the world. 2020 was a difficult year for a, a lot of reasons. Thank God we're in a new year, but now that we're in the new year, how's it going to be any different? How are we going to spend the 525,600 minutes that make up this year? And we've already lost three days of that, or just about, right? Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 1 as we address that thought. In Acts chapter 1, the apostles... And uh, the disciples of Christ find themselves in a time of transition. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. The responsibility of the gospel is being passed on to them. What will they do? How will they do it? Or better yet, when will they get to work? That's where we find ourselves. In verse 3. It says, after, the, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. 
Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. So one minute, Jesus was there. The next minute, he's gone. And he had told them what he expected of them, But they responded in that moment, in that minute, the same way I believe that I would have responded. There they were, looking up into the sky, frozen. I would imagine, if you could picture the scene, whenever you're standing and you're looking up, what what naturally happens? Doesn't your jaw tend to drop? frozen I know mine would have the thing is they were doing then what we're prone to do today waste time or as the original Greek calls it dilly dally dilly dally it's true well from a certain point of view it's from the Greek they were dilly dallying they were stopped they were paused They were frozen in time. And God sent them a couple of angels to stir them up. Verse 10. They were intently looking up into the sky as he was going. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 2020 was a dilly-dally kind of year, wasn't it? In a lot of ways, that's what it was. It was a pause in our life. When it comes to fulfilling the mission of the church that we've been given, in a lot of ways, it absolutely was a pause. A lot was put on hold. Now we've been releasing it in in several ways during the last three months. And I feel when it comes to getting back to life outside of this place, we've been seeing a lot of that loosening. Praise God we live in the state of Georgia. Amen? No? Maybe not after Tuesday. But you you have a say in that. But praise God we live in the state of Georgia and that we had a governor that didn't shut down our assemblies and our churches. And we should be thankful for that. But we did have to take a pause in a lot of ways in order to protect one another, especially as we tried to learn things about this this virus. And we've been blessed as a church these last three months. To be able to get some things going again. 
There have been other churches in our association, in our area, that have had hiccups along the way. And I, you know, find me some wood to knock on, amen? You are sitting in front of it, knock on wood, right? And, uh, and also, you know, cross your fingers and legs and, you know, sacrifice a chicken and, and pray to God that we're able to continue to, right? We've had a level of safety, a level, level of concern. We've been cautious. But we must be reminded that God has given us a mission. He's given us a great mission, a great commission. He's given us a purpose, a charge. And in a lot of ways, after just arriving here at the beginning of November, we, we, we had to get through the six weeks of the, of the holidays and the messages that, that coincide with those holidays. But friends, right now, it's time for First Baptist Church of Mableton to start addressing its vision going forward. It's time. The vision to fulfill the great commission that we've been given no more dilly-dallying it's time to address it and i intend to do so in a variety of ways in the coming weeks and months first is through my messages geared and pointed in this direction but also through meetings and round tables sessions with the elders with the staff with others in the church Plans to bring back the monthly ministry team meetings beginning next Monday night, January the 11th. Bringing back those, that Monday night ministry team meeting opportunity for us to gather together and with a pointed focus, vision. Where are we heading? Are we heading in the right direction? Are we going in God's direction or my direction? Addressing the challenges that lay before us. On the second Monday of every month, from here on out, God willing, that will be the appointed Monday night for ministry team meetings. And we're going to start off by meeting in here at 6 o'clock and addressing vision and talking about that. Breaking into our different ministry team groups where I'll be able to go around and, and talk to you individually and challenge you individually. We're bringing back the monthly care ministry on the third Monday of the month, beginning January the 18th. Those that are part of that care ministry, we're going to meet here and we're going to get back into ministry. Let's put 2020 behind us. And now that the holidays are behind us, it's time to get back together and start having conversations about the ministry, about our vision about our direction conversations regarding where god has convicted us and where he may be leading us next now this doesn't mean that we're going to ignore the virus we're going to take precautions but we need to gather and have these conversations it's time to start to stop talking about when is it going to happen and start Conversing, talking, meeting, doing ministry, talking about how we're going to reach the community in light of the present conditions. We can't dilly-dally about it anymore. No more sitting at home twiddling our thumbs. It's time for us to gather six, eight, ten feet apart, 
wearing our masks if we have to, taking temperatures, washing our hands, whatever it is we need to do, but we need to gather and start having this conversation. We need to plan for the future. We need to talk vision. Let's look at what the apostles did once they left that mountaintop. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, the Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Then Luke, the author, goes on and he describes about what happened to Judas after betraying Christ. And then at the ending of verse 20, Peter gets them into Scripture. We see them praying, and then we see them get into Scripture. Verse 20, For Peter said, It is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. So we we see what they do is, as soon as the angels tell them, you know, shove off, it's it's time to move, move on. They go back and they pray, and they get into Scripture. And then third, in verse 21, we begin to see them organize. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Bersabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over the apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Well, what a nice prayer, right? Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11 apostles. So they got together and they prayed. They got together and they were in Scripture. They got together and they organized, prepared, planned for what was to happen next. Went back to prayer. And then in chapter 2, we see God empower them to do their work. For when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What we find taking place are are four distinct actions... Prayer, scripture, organization, empowerment. This doesn't happen when we're left gawking, left with with our jaws dropped, left twiddling our thumbs, left dilly-dallying. It happens when we focus. When we focus our attention and we focus our energies 
in the areas that God's word tells us they need to be focused in. Prayer, scripture, organizing, planning. It helps or it happens when we enter conversation, when we strategize, when we make plans, when we dream dreams, as we share those dreams and as those dreams form and fashion a vision. Vision doesn't just happen. It isn't just spoken. It takes place when we gather. As we get into scripture, as we have God's word dictate to us what our mission is, as we organize, God will empower. The first three actions, the part of vision casting, they are on us. They are our responsibility. How do we start the process? We gather together and pray about it. We get into scripture and we look at the passages where where God directs and guides and commands And we sit and we look amongst ourselves to say, what do we need to do to line ourselves up with Scripture? Next Monday night, 6 p.m., will be the beginning of that process, I believe, in, in my tenure with you, to really be able to start that vision casting process, bringing our ministry teams back together. I believe an important way for us to be on the same page isn't just for me to preach and teach about it, what it looks like, what it can look like. It isn't about me standing up here and dictating to you, this is what we're going to do, but for us to sit and discuss it and talk about it. I go back to the philosophy that, that uh, was given back in experiencing God. If you did that study a number of years ago, one of the the, the aspects of being given that vision is that God doesn't just give it to one. But he puts that dream and that conviction in the hearts of several within a church. Well, how do we get about finding out that we're having a similar dream, a similar conviction? Well, we get together and we talk about it. We get together and we discuss it. We have to get that conversation started. And I believe the ministry team meeting nights will be a good way for that to start. We're not going to do them necessarily the way that perhaps that they've customarily been done before 2020. And that's okay. I've got the makings of a plan. And for the first few gatherings, it's going to be about planning for the year. How do we minister in light of the present conditions, present situation? And let's start talking about the future. Let's start praying about it. Let's get into scripture about it. Let's seek God's face. I think those things need to be at the top of our list. Just as Isaiah cried out to God as he saw the glory of God. And as he heard the message, this is what I need. Isaiah cried out, here am I, Lord, send me. Rick Warren writes, he says, God is looking for people to use. And if you can get usable, he will wear you out. And the most dangerous prayer you can pray 
is for God to use you. We need to be praying that dangerous prayer, amen? We need to have a heart that hungers for God to use me individually and use we corporately. Here we are, Lord. Use us. The other thing that the apostles and disciples did was they got into Scripture. And if we want to capture godly vision, there needs to be a hunger and desire to be in God's Word like nothing before. There isn't anything in God's Word that He... Let me, let me rephrase that. There isn't anything that happens to us that hasn't already been addressed in God's Word. Nothing happens by chance. And nothing happens that surprises God. And the circumstances and the events that have taken place even within First Baptist Mableton over the years, that didn't take God by surprise either. Didn't take God by surprise at all. And But yet, there isn't anything in God's word that he hasn't addressed. And the one thing that we can go to is just take a look at the churches in Revelation. Just take a look at the churches in Revelation. Some of them were churches that loved God or they loved Scripture. They, they, they held on to truth. But they were missing out in other areas, in other ways, things that they had forgotten. Let me tell you what prayer and being in God's Word does. It takes the focus off of us and puts it on Him. It takes the focus off of our past and guides us, directs us to start looking toward the future. It takes my mind off of my wants, my feelings, my desires, and gets me thinking about what is it that God is calling us to do and how might I align my life to what God commands. So one of the ways that, that I'm charging our church to do so is to enter into a 40-day prayer and reflection plan. We have several of these on our kiosk. You can pick them up as you leave today. But you can also go to our church's Facebook page and you can download this PDF to your computer, your tablet, your phone. You can print it out on your own if you're able to do that and, and, le and leave those that are on the kiosk for, for those that, that might need to pick up a hard copy on their way out today. But I'm challenging us. A 40-day plan of prayer and reflection, of, of, a, of a guided tour through Scripture and considering ourselves personally and ourselves corporately where we stand right now before the Lord. And where he may be leading us. Things that he might be leading us to discuss. And so it's a 40-day it's a plan, but what, how I plan to uh, initiate it is I'm going to use this guide for, at our 9 a.m. online devotionals. So it's a Monday through Friday plan. I'll give you Saturday and Sunday off. And if, you, and if you're not able to do the online, you can still follow along by having this with you to go through, to, to, to pray the, and use the prayer prompts, um, to, to read through the scriptures, to go through the devotional thoughts, 
on your own if you can't meet with us at 9 o'clock every morning. And we're going to do this for 40 sessions. So let me charge you, let me encourage you, church, as we begin the process of vision casting, of discovering that vision together, that we do it together. Even if we can't do it face-to-face or video-to-face or however way you want to call that on every morning. That we do it in spirit together. So let me encourage you. You can find this on our church Facebook page. I will be updating it every week. I'm only putting out five days at a time. Um, and I'll have them printed it on the kiosk every week as well. But it's important for us to do, amen? And for us to be in a focus together as a church during the other five days of the week. I think it... I think the benefits there are, are very noticeable. And then when we come together on Sundays during, these, during this time, our focus will be on that. I'm certain there's a lot of people here who remember First Baptist when, when things were good. Amen? You remember when things were good, when things were thriving. And I'm certain that there are people here who would like to revisit those days. Here's... A challenge taken from Acts 1. Don't be like those disciples standing and looking where Jesus had ascended with your jaws dropped. We need to take the proper position instead, dropping to our knees and asking God, Lord, what's next? Here I am, Lord, send me. Getting into His Word. Going at it together and seeing what dreams he may be placing in our hearts across the congregation. Seeing what he might say to, say to us. I mentioned the churches of Revelation a moment ago. Making certain we don't lose our first love or that we haven't lost that first love. That we haven't allowed some sort of idol into this place to where that's what our focus is on and it isn't on God, isn't on the mission. That we're not watering down scripture. Isn't that what one of the challenges, one of the charges to the churches of Revelation was? Is that they had watered down scripture. One of them let the flame dim out. And then another being called lukewarm. And, and Jesus even saying, I wish you were either cold or hot. Be one or the other. Don't tote the line. Don't just ride the fence line. Don't just, don't just be lukewarm. Those are challenges of those churches. They were charges of those churches. Things, they were positive. They were, they were being commended in one way, but yet they had forgotten Something they were to hold dear. Have we forgotten something that we were to hold dear? Perhaps it was a, a vision that was given years ago that we were hot and on fire for, for, for a spell, for a time. And then, you know, it kind of got left behind a little bit. Now, I, I do believe, and I, and I agree, that, that visions get us to a period, a point, and we are to continue dreaming dreams. The vision is 
never more important than our humility and our obedience to God. But we can get off track. We can let the flame dim out. We can allow the vision to become an idol. We can forget what our first love is supposed to be. So, not only will we be charged to pray during this 40-day point and our new scripture and seeking out an appropriate vision going forward, using the ministry team meeting nights to prepare, but we also need to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead. And we need to get back to remembering what that looks like. Not me. Not Pastor Doug. Although I promise you I will do my best. And I will pray and I will seek God out in scriptures. And I will chart out those dreams that I believe he places on my heart. Not on the elders. Although we will challenge each other to pray and to be in scripture. And to chart out those dreams that God is placing on our hearts. It's not the staff. Although I will challenge them to be in prayer and be in these scriptures and to chart out the dreams that God is placing on our hearts. Not on any talent, skill, program, or activity. All we can do is put ourselves in position for the Holy Spirit to fall on us, to light us up, to light us on fire, to send us out. We can put event after event on our church's calendar. We can plan for all types of activities, outreaches, ministries, you name it. We'll put it on there. We'll pull it off. But it doesn't matter because you can't plan for revival. Revival only happens when the Holy Spirit shows up. What we must do is put ourselves in position to receive the Holy Spirit. To be in prayer, to be in scripture, to take notice of our organization, of how we're organized. And when he does, when he does show up, it will be in a way that only he does. And we'll notice it, we'll see it. We won't have to wonder, is this God? It'll be noticeable. And none of us will be left gawking, dilly-dallying. None of us will be left that because we'll be right in position for the Holy Spirit to fall on us and light us up and be using us. We won't be standing around going, oh, look at that. No, we'll be in it because we took the time to prepare. We took the time to receive. And when we receive, we will be right in the thick of it. A few years ago, I asked if anyone in the church I was serving, I asked if they had a puzzle because I had an illustration that I wanted to do in a, in a sermon coming up. And so I asked if anyone had a puzzle, specifically a puzzle of a church building. Because I had an idea for an illustration. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to put the puzzle together and have it up 
you know, on a, what do you call it, on an easel. And I wanted to go and I wanted to start taking puzzle pieces off of the puzzle to, to, to make a point. I'm sure you, you understand the point that I wanted to make about how important it is for us all to come together and for us all to be going on this journey together. Little did I realize that as I received the, the puzzle box from uh, one of my friends there, a couple, um, uh, that God was going to teach me something too. So I got this, this puzzle box and I went home and I, and I started putting it together on the floor in, in my living room. And, well, let me just show you. If you've been in my office, you know that I have the puzzle up on, on the wall there. Because it, it's, a, it's a reminder of me, of, of Connie and Mark, a, a special cu- uh, friend couple in my last church, friends of ours. And, uh, but it also reminds me of what, what God taught me. So I don't know how the camera stuff works. And I didn't talk to Mike about this beforehand. But let me, let me just show you this, the puzzle as I received it. And I called Marsha in. I said, Marsha, you, you just won't believe this. There were already puzzle pieces missing. They were already missing from the box. Now, it was a used box, right? Okay. And, um, but I thought, thank you, God. Because you just taught me something. I had a plan. I was going to make... I was going to make an awesome illustration. I was going to be remembered for this. People were going to write blogs about this illustration. It was my plan. But God had a different one and something to teach me too. This wasn't something I did. They were already missing. And no matter how we try to fill this up with the right pastor, the right programs, the right leadership, the right activities... The right vision. Although I believe a lot of that is true. It's part of the strategy. But what could be missing? What's the puzzle piece? I think that's what God leaves up to us to figure out. What is missing? But we don't figure it out by looking at other churches and copying what they're doing. We don't figure it out by, 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 well, let's put all these, all the, you know, these activities and people in place and budgets and this. No. First, you have to notice that something's missing. And then we fall on our knees and we pray about it. We go to scripture and we look to see, well, what, did, what was missing? Well, we see what was missing. They needed a 12th apostle. Well, who here saw Jesus crucified and, and risen again? Who was with us all along the way? Matthias. Okay. They still didn't have the vision. They were putting pieces into place. But when the Holy Spirit fell, they had already done the work leading up to that. 
to be ready. And what at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 was 120 apostles by the ending of Acts chapter 2? Oh, well, it was exponentially more. So as I close out this message, I, I have to ask, what's missing here? For several months, you said, well, it's a senior pastor. Senior pastor is what's missing. We need to have a senior pastor, and a church ought to. Thank you. I'm so excited. But I'm not the final piece. Not at all. Is it the right staff member? Is it a particular ministry? Is it something this church used to do a long time ago that isn't, they're not doing anymore today? Is it sin that needs confessing? We can probably agree that all of those are part of a, the strategy to fill or to fulfill maybe a particular vision, but it's not the vision. It could be you, your time, your spiritual gift, your prayer ministry, your experience, your talents. A puzzle isn't complete until those pieces are in place, but that's not the vision. You help make up that vision, but that's not the vision. These are the type of questions. These are the conversations that we need to be having. What might First Baptist look like when we put ourselves in the proper position to receive the Holy Spirit? That's the question we need to be asking ourselves now. And I hope the, the 40 days focus will give us an opportunity as for the congregation for us to come together with similar prayers and similar questions and similar scriptures. So that as we ask those questions, we might hear the dream that God's given to all of us. And it's in that moment we'll be ready to receive empowerment. So let's not waste another minute. No more gawking. No more dilly-dallying. Let's put on our masks. Let's meet. Let's pray. Let's talk about it. Pray with me. Father, in this moment as we come together, 